This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, I'm Beverly Brodsky, and I'm at the San Diego um, IONS convention in 2009. And um, I had a near-death experience when I was 20 years old as a result of a motorcycle accident in which I was thrown uh, onto the highway near Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles and I suffered a fractured skull and numerous broken bones in my head and I was in the UCLA hospital for two weeks in a um, semi-comatose state um, and when the two weeks was over, the doctors sent me back to this place where I was tempor temporarily staying. I had just moved from Philadelphia, moved across the country with no contacts, no friends, no prospects. <laughs> um, I was just, you know, looking for myself. and. Um, I, I found what I was looking for in a most unusual way and that the doctor sent me home with no medication for the pain and they said we don't usually see injuries like this except on the battlefield because you know my the skin had been ripped off the right side of my face and I, I had to um, wrap this salt soap bandage around my um, adhesions and I so uh, first of all they I, I was in such pain oh I, I hate to even think of it even now and also I felt that no man would ever love me that I would be maimed and um, I also had I didn't understand why people put up with suffering I had no philosophical basis for suffering. I've been raised an agnostic slash atheist modern Jewish um, conservative denomination and I was always told when you're dead you're dead and I thought the purpose of life was to have fun and for pleasure especially then when I was 20 and um, so um, I was just unable to face this whole thing now that I was conscious and um, so I, I threw myself down on the bed where I was tempor temporarily staying and um, uh, becoming an agnostic in the foxhole so to speak I said um, from the depth of my being I said this prayer and, and I, I beg, I said, God, if you're out there, you can have me now because I'm finished. Uh, there was nothing for me to live, live for. And, um, and, and I just threw myself down on the bed. And with that prayer, 
What amazed me is that I lifted right out of my body and I was still aware. I was me and yet I was not that body. And, um, and all the pain was gone. All the pain was gone and I had this, um, this perfect, um, like ethereal body uh, that didn't have an injured, a smashed up head. And, um, and I, I felt, I, I, I felt that in some ways I was shocked because it was so much against what I had, you know, always believed and expected to happen. And, and yet um, there was this angel on the ceiling. And um, I have to admit that I played hooky from Hebrew school and I didn't know anything about my religion because they stopped reading from the Bible in third grade. So I didn't know that there were Jewish traditions about angels. And um, I thought that angels were something on top of a Christmas tree. <laughs> so when I saw the angel, I, I was surprised and I was looking at him like, are you in the right place? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but he, um, and I felt this was the male presence and he shined from within. He was like white and in robes. <clears throat> and he also had this perfect ethereal body. And he took my hand such as, as it was and I was at peace. It was like I knew him or I, I, I didn't have any questions at that point and we went flying out the window and I was staying in Venice Beach and um, flying out the window and going to the Pacific Ocean which was one of my favorite things and but I wasn't looking down because there before me angled upwards and to the right was this um, funnel shaped object um, which people today call the tunnel, but to me it looked like a funnel that was angled upwards and to the right, and it was uh, larger at the uh, entrance, and there was this tiny pinpoint of light at the far end. And we f- flew in uh, into, the, into this funnel, and it was like a portal to another dimension. And... Um, We might have flown the entire length of the physical universe, but I, I, there, I had no way to gauge that because there was no space and no time in this dimension. Once we entered that area, um, that, that portal, we were outside of the space-time continuum. And it's really hard to find words for this, but um, so I'm gonna use some metaphors but um, at some point, um, the angel was gone, and I arrived at the other end, and there before me was the living presence of the being of light. And this being was all-knowing. It knew everything, everything that, that was going to happen and will happen and the reasons behind them and it was there was a there was a perfect justice and and it also contained all 
things that ever were or, or, or will be. And it was loving me. It was just pouring out this unconditional love at me. And I thought, well, this isn't the guy on top on the top of the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> I, I had this, you know, image of you know, what God would be like. But I figured this has to be God because this is beyond words and perfect in every possible sense. And it just also didn't make sense to me because the world that I had left behind, um, we were at war in Vietnam and um, I, I was very angry about, about the war and uh, about all the suffering that goes on at, uh, on this planet and, um, and the Holocaust, which I had learned about and we were learning more um, at the point in 1970, uh, we, we were learning how horrible uh, it had been. And so what happened was, in a sense, I, you know, this, the love kept coming to me, but like, you know, I just couldn't receive it at that time. And I asked, I got to ask all my big whys. I got to ask all of the things that I had ever wondered about. <clears throat> and those were the top three things that struck me that I had spent a lot of time thinking about and in my justification for not believing in God. <laughs> and, and what happened is all of my thoughts just went out telepathically and the answers, the perfect answers came back. Um, it wasn't the way, like we talk, it was like the entire answer and all of its ramifications instantly came into my head and I, the, the only thing I remember, I don't remember the details, this is specifics of the answers, but I knew that I had known these things before and I thought, oh, of course, how could I ever have forgotten? And, um, and so what happened is after a while I had I ran out of questions because I got it I got the whole picture the, the perfect knowledge that is present uh, in the mind of God or everywhere and I understood it and I no longer had a body but using another metaphor it was like um, I was like a child being cradled by a loving parent and the being of light and I took off at the speed of thought um, which is not limited by light speed and all of that because what happened is we went around the universe uh, what appeared to be a universe like this one except that there was no darkness in it so we went from star to star, and it was from radiance to radiance, and there were no spaces in between, maybe because of the means of propulsion, you know, the perfect. Um, and it was like, it was like when, when, um, when someone wants to show you their family and they take out the pictures of their children and their grandchildren. Well, these were the, the galaxies and, and the, um, uh, 
the supernovas and the comets and, and all of these magnificent celestial objects. And uh, the other thing I forgot to say is that the feeling that I had was that I was home. And this is where I came from. And that um, part of this remembering that I had in my NDE was that I had come back to where I came from. <clears throat> so um, we went on this tour and, and everything was just radiant and alive. There's no dead matter. Every star, every light that we see in the sky it is a being, is alive. And then we went to this sun that seemed to be at first, it seemed to be in the center of all things, this whole uh, spiritual universe. And it also seemed to have been newly formed, like it was just formed in, in that moment. And we went into another portal that was like at the center of the sun. And we went back into this cosmic void, like before the Big Bang or whatever you believe. Um, we went into the, this cosmic void and I was, I was so in love with the being of light that I and everyone else just melted back into this primal oneness. And it was just perfect. It was like the essence or the quintessence of everything that ever will exist. Before, in the next cycle of creation um, was there and I believe that we were all there and we were all one and I found myself coming out of this unity as a drop in this cosmic ocean and saying oh I remembered that I had been Beverly but here I was one with God and one with all things and it was like a drop of water in the ocean. I was separate and yet I was part of that ocean, the cosmic ocean of God and of all creation. Well, I don't remember being asked because I never would have wanted to leave. It was so, it was, oh, the ecstasy is just indescribable. The feeling, the feelings you have there are so much more intense than what we can experience in these bodies. It's like here we're like a little candle and there we're like a star. It's like a thousand, thousand, thousand times more intense. But then I found myself at some point back in that broken body. And the first thing I noticed is that the cosmic knowledge was gone. And, and I was thinking, oh, wait a minute, I'm back here, and I knew everything, and now it, it was gone, except for what I just shared, that I knew that I had known it. And, oh, the other thing is that everything is interconnected in a perfect way, and there are no accidents. Everything happens for a purpose, and, um, and that's part of our life's plan even though we can't understand the purposes while usually while we're going through it. And I knew that I knew that we cannot die. 
that we will just like taking off a coat we will just take off these bodies when they're worn out and and go on to a greater more magnificent um, universe and um, this I, I had to really think about everything I believed about all, all the metaphysical beliefs I had at that time and everything the culture had taught me what I learned at school and what I learned in my family and um, and I just threw it all out because the touchstone for me has always been what happened in the NDE. It was more real than my sitting here 39 years later and telling the story. Um, that really happened. This is like a dream, but that was real. Beverly, can you talk about uh, what life is like now after having had this experience? <sighs> well, um, it, it's really hard to talk about it because it's been so many years and but what happened immediately afterwards is that um, I had no boundaries I, I was just filled up with this love and this light and what I what I have been shown is that that's really what we are composed of that's really all that is here but um, and I unconditionally loved everyone. <laughs> I, you know, I would just look at someone I would, and I would see the goodness inside of them. And I got really hurt doing that, you know, not having defenses, not having healthy boundaries. And I, in a way, I, I think I still, <laughs> I still am very empathic and, um, and I, I have to be careful because I, I tend to take on other people's issues um, and I've had a lot of psychic experiences and like knowing, you know, before the phone rings, who, who it is and what, if something bad happens, I, I, I know that something bad has happened to them, especially with people in my family and people that I care about. and. Um, I went to college after that experience and um, it was really like a tremendous shutting down <laughs> of uh, my gifts and, and my, my knowingness. And what is life now? Um, I'm now uh, a minister in Science of Mind, which is a, a church that's very metaphysical and really non-denominational um, because that feels it feels more comfortable to me um, because it just m mirrors uh, it's not even my beliefs but what I was shown to be true do you feel you have a uh, mission in life now uh, yes uh, I have a couple of missions and uh, I have to straighten out <laughs> which one to focus on because I have, my health is, is pretty fragile. I had a stroke two years ago and um, I've always wanted to, to write a book and, and that's something that I'm, I'm skilled at, you know, uh, communications and writing. But I've been involved with running these groups and, and, and doing 
doing things for the larger spiritual community and uh, I haven't been able to figure out which is, you know, which one is, uh, I just go with the guidance I get at the time and what feels right to me. And, I, and my writing I put on the shelf, which I'd like to see a book on that shelf one of these days. Okay, Beverly, thank you so much for telling us your story. You're welcome.